Welcome to the Founder Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Founder or how you can get involved, visit thefoundrychurch.com. All right, I want to start today by asking a question that has plagued me my whole life. All right, when you go to your favorite taco joint, um, you know, Taco Bamba, Chewy's, District Taco, Tippy's, El Paso, right, Taco Bell, whatever it is, I know them all, right? When you go to your favorite taco place, imagine that you're there with your family. And, and what's the first thing that they give you besides your drinks? Chip, yeah, chips and salsa, right? Now, if, you're, if you go to Chewy's, for example, that's Christina's favorite, they give you that awesome jalapeno dip, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Patty made me some sometime, and it was better than Chewy's. But that's not the point, right? So you, you sit down, your whole family's there, right? You're, you're at the, the table, the chips arrive, what do you do? What do you do? You eat the chips, right? You do you dive right in, or do you pray? Right? This, this is serious. This is a theological question that I have mulled over for quite some time. <laughs> yes, right? Is, is it okay to, to pray when the tacos arrive, or do you pray before the first bite of that glorious chips and jalapeno dip and salsa, right? Do you pray before the appetizer, or do you pray before the, the main course? Let's take a quick informal poll, all right? Raise your hands, all right, if you pray before you eat your chips, okay? All right, you can comment online if you're watching online what you do. Now, raise your hands if you wait until the entree arrives, as you should, all right? <laughs> As you should. Now, if you're, if you, like I said, if you're watching online, go ahead and comment what your family does. There's no right or wrong answer unless you did not raise your hand. If that's the case, I'm just going to assume that you're a heathen and you do not pray and that you're going to have to take that up with God. Right? I'm just kidding. Right? Sometimes, I'd, sometimes I just go right to the tacos. Right? I get excited. But if you haven't guessed it, right, today we're talking about prayer. Uh, in the little bumper video there, the little intro, that was one of my favorite preachers of all time, Leonard Ravenhill. Uh, and this is a passion of his, prayer and, and spiritual disciplines, right? And there are all kinds of prayers that we have, right? And if we're honest, there are all kinds of people who pray, right? right? I, I grew up in church, so I've seen all these kinds of prayers and more, right? There's the, the long-winded prayer, there's the talk so fast that you can't even tell what they're saying type of prayer, right? There's the, the so quiet you just guess when the prayer is over and you say amen, right? <laughs> and then you're, they're usually still praying and you just interrupted them. Uh, the person who prays for weird things like their neighbor's husband's cousin's cat who just found out it has fleas, right? Uh, the, the person who prayers are so beautiful, it makes you question whether you should even open your mouth in church ever again, right? Right, listen, there are all kinds of prayers out there, and, and prayers that are, are beautiful and eloquent, and prayers that are emotional and stirring. There's all kinds of prayers, and I grew up hearing all of them, and I developed this idea of what prayer is supposed to be. And I think we all do this, don't we? Right? From my experience, I figured all prayers were supposed to be uh, long and, and spiritual and poetic and eloquent. Right? And while you were praying, if someone said amen or mm-hmm, right? 
then you knew you were killing it, right? You're, you're doing a good job if you got those amens and mm-hmm. See? Yeah, that's right, right? Hey, th- that was the goal, right? The, the standard for a good prayer it was a lot of those amens and grunts. So the bar for me was pretty high, and it made me nervous. And maybe you feel that way too. I think about it. If someone asked you to pray out loud right now, Right now, if I asked you to pray out loud, there would probably be a little knot in your stomach. Am I right? Uh, Just a little knot. Maybe that happens even when you don't have to pray out loud when I ask you to pray silently. Right? Just the idea of of talking to God makes you feel a little weird. Right? Maybe it is all the the fancy words that, that people use when they pray. Maybe it's the the, the fact that God doesn't always answer us out loud, so you sit there and you kind of just stare at the ceiling. Right? Maybe you have a million other things going on in your mind and it feels impossible to sit in silence and just focus for a few moments. And so your mind drifts and wanders. Right? For these reasons, <laughs> and many more, when it comes to prayer, a lot of times we just don't want to. And I get it. I understand. Right, Saying you don't want to pray while sitting in church or watching a service online feels a little strange. Right, But can we all be honest enough to say at least once in our lives, at least once, we have felt that way. Right, And there are a number of reasons why. First, maybe we don't know what to say. How exactly do you make small talk with God? Right? Do you ask how his day's going? Hey, God, how, how are you? Right? This, is, this is Andrew, right? Or do you just jump right in and ask for what you want? Hey, God, how, how's it going on that thing I asked for? Any progress? Can you give me a, a status report? Right? Or do you start with a, a compliment? Like, hey, looking good, God. Right? How do you start? Do you start with a joke? You know, you say two priests and a nun, they walk into a bar. Probably not the best way to start, right? Right? Does God even like jokes? We don't, right? I mean, we don't know. We're, we're confused, right? Or maybe we don't know how to say the prayers once we even get started. Maybe you grew up hearing religious uh, people use really fancy language. They addressed God with titles like our most kind and, and gracious and glorious heavenly father. And that's fine, right? That's good. But it's also intimidating when you're learning how to pray. Right? Maybe you grew up only hearing prayers in Latin And that creates a serious issue for you because, well, you you don't speak Latin, right? Right? And then you you wonder, what if I forget something? What if I do not end the prayer the right way or something like that, right? What if I say the the wrong thing in the middle of the prayer or or call him by the the wrong name or quote the wrong Bible verse? You do not want to mess up when you're talking to God, right? Or maybe yet we, we don't know what to expect when we're praying or when we enter into a time of prayer. Right? How do you have a conversation with someone you cannot hear or see or, or, or touch? Should you even bother to ask questions? Should you pause for a, a response? And, and what would you do if God actually responded out loud? Right? Listen, for, for most of us, Right? Uh, our number one feeling about prayer is that we are not doing it correctly. Not doing it right. right? Even for those of us who pray out loud or in groups, 
right, we, we still have a nagging feeling that even if other people think we sound fine, it may not be up to God's standard. And that is why we hesitate to pray as often as we should. Because we do not like doing something that we're not good at, right? We don't like doing things that we're, we're, we're we struggle with or that we're bad at. And we do not like doing something that feels awkward. And because of that, right, we, we very rarely pray. And we definitely never pray out loud. And when we do pray, we think we, we have to sound like, well, we have to sound like a, a, one of these, right? A, a greeting card. That's what we think we have to sound like. You ever, you ever buy one of these? I'm sure the men out here have because, let's be honest, why make a card, right? Why make your own card when there's a company out there that is willing to make one for you? A greeting card, right? So you use someone else's words you, you, to tell your spouse how, how happy um, you are that they're, they're, they're your wife, that have a, how, how glad you are that it's your anniversary or that it's their birthday, right? Or, or you use someone else's words to tell your dad happy Father's Day. And it's not a bad thing, right? right? People, people like cards, I think, right? And the people that write these things, they're, they're better at expressing feelings than we are. At least we, we think so. But let's be honest. It is not the same as having a conversation, right? right? A, a, a card is not the same as having a conversation, right? Because here, here's what's true about pre-written cards. They're fake. Right? Even if they reflect your feelings, they are not your words. The, the greeting card company determines what you should say, and, and then they're also formal for the most part, right? right? They're, they're, they're heartfelt, non-funny cards are often very poetic, and they're kind of sappy. They use words and phrases that no one uses in everyday speech, and then they're also a little bit impersonal, right? They're, they are made by a corporation, not you. Right? Basically, you're getting a third party to tell people how much you care about them. And that is a little impersonal, right? I mean, ladies, right? can you imagine if on your anniversary, your husband had a random person come up to you and deliver flowers in a poem, and at the end uh, said to you, your husband wishes you a happy anniversary, and then you have to go out on a date with this random guy, right? It would be a little weird, right? Again, my point is not to criticize greeting cards. It's simply to illustrate how, how most of us approach prayer. Right? We're, we're fake. We try to put our best self in front of, of God to make a, a, a good impression. Right? Uh, we try to be someone that we're, we're not. And then we're also very formal. We talk to God like he's a, a famous politician. We use formal, polite language. We even throw in some fancy vocabulary. And then we're also a little bit impersonal, right? We talk to God like, like someone we do not know and who does not know us. And, and this is what is crazy about all of this. This is, this is the tension that we have to wrestle with this morning. That's how we think we're supposed to pray. <laughs> Fake and formal and impersonal. We assume that God wants from us greeting card type prayers. But, but what if 
that isn't the case? What if that isn't true? What if the reason a lot of us do not pray or do not feel like we can pray well is because we have completely misunderstood the right way to approach it? I want to read up a passage in the Bible that gives us a different picture of what prayer is supposed to be like. Actually, it's going to be several passages this morning and several prayers in the Bible that are recorded by David. Now, some of you know who David is, right? He's the guy who fought Goliath. And you, you may also know that he was a great king. And it's okay if you don't know these things, but let me tell you one more thing. David um, made some huge, big mistakes, right? Royal size mistakes, not just minor whoopsies, right? We're talking people dying because of the choices that he made. That's another thing we need to know about David. But despite all of that, right, there is one more thing that we need to know about David, and that is that he was very close to God. Right? In fact, in Acts chapter 13, verse 22 in the New Testament, David was described as a man after God's own heart. So when it comes to forging our life on God, right, when it comes to us forging our life on God today, right, we would be wise to learn from David, right? And one thing David loved to do was pray. He he did it well. David talked about how important prayer was to his life and to his relationship, his growing relationship with God, how it played into his success in forging a lifelong reliance on God, right? But David's prayers often, often sound a little different than our own. Listen to how he prayed, right? The first one I want to look at today is Psalm 22, verses 1 through 2. If you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles in the seats underneath you. Um, you can grab one of those and you can take those with you. Those are for you. Uh, if you're watching online or if you're here in person, you can download the app or open up the app and click the Bible tab and all the scriptures for today are pulled up there. And we're going to be in Psalm chapter 22, verses 1 through 2 to start. It says this. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Right? Listen. David had some enemies who allied against him. He just did, right? He felt helpless and abandoned. He had a a where is God moment, right? Talk about honest, right? Right? He said, God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away? You can hear his emotion and his distress. He was upset and he did not hold back or filter his thoughts. There is nothing fake about this prayer. Just those first two lines, it's very real, it's raw, it's authentic. You can hear it in his voice. He is almost screaming at God. Where are you? What are you doing up there? How could you let this happen? He's not hiding his anger, his outrage, his fear, his pain. I mean, seriously, right? who has the guts to talk to God like this? 
evidently people who know how to pray. Right? Look, look at another prayer. Flip over to chapter 28 of Psalms. Psalms chapter 28. And just the, the very first verse of this one. It says this. I pray to you, O Lord, my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. <laughs> Again, I, I cannot help but notice how David just talked to God, right? It's not stuffy. It's not formal, right? Look at this, right? He talked like a normal guy speaking his mind, right? He said, Lord, you are my rock. Do not ignore me. If you are silent, I may as well give up and die. Well, listen, maybe, maybe David was a little dramatic, right? <laughs> he was a little dramatic, but we do not all... Do we not all tend to be a little dramatic when we're upset, right? At least he was honest. He was, he was real. And notice he did not use huge church words like technical terms or long titles for God. He, he simply spoke with honesty. He, he simply spoke with honesty. I mean, listen to some of the other things David said to God in his prayers. Consider my groaning. He said, I am languishing here in Psalm chapter 6. He also said in Psalm chapter 6, my bones are troubled and are rattling. I'm weary. I'm tired. Right? He said, my, my bed, my pillow is full of tears. Right? He said later on in, in chapter 13 of Psalms, there's, there's sorrow and sadness in my heart all day, every day. I find no rest. I have no comfort. I am lonely and afflicted, he says in chapter 25. He says in chapter 25 later on, he says the troubles of my heart are growing. They're huge, they're enlarged. And then he says in chapter 30, I plead for just some relief, for some mercy, for some, some peace. And when I, when I think about my own journey of trying to forge my life on God, I'll be honest. Right? Most, most of the time, I've not prayed like this. Right? Honesty, right? right? For me, more often than not, my prayers have been more like this greeting card right? with a generic quote and, and just a few little words, right? Impersonal, formal, fake. But coming across David's prayers, prayers, right? I can see that I'm missing a huge opportunity. That we're all missing a huge opportunity, a chance to forge something real and true, right? With, with the God of the universe. And look, look at how David himself captured what his prayers were like in another Psalms, right? If you still have your Bibles open, flip back to chapter 17, verse 1. Right? This is this is, this is where he says this. O oh Lord, hear my plea for justice. Listen to my cry for help. Pay attention to my prayer. For it comes from honest lips. Right, right? David told God that his prayer was honest. Right? He's saying, this is how I feel. This is, this, is, this is honesty to you, God. And I think that's what made all the difference for him. The difference between 
David's prayers and like my prayers. Look at this, right? His prayer was nothing like a greeting card. It just wasn't. His prayer was nothing like a greeting card. We think we're supposed to pray like this card, right? We think this is what God wants from us. But, but I think if David were here, he would say, hey, Foundry, if you only knew the difference, right? If you only knew the, how different it can be, if you were honest, right? David, he prayed more, more like these, right? Handwritten notes, right? This, one, this one's for my wife. I'm not going to flip it around. It might embarrass her, right? Handwritten notes, right? I have a, a box at home and a, a couple scrapbooks of notes from from my, my wife and friends and, and family and mentors, right? What is the, the difference between these two things, right? These, the box of notes that I have on my dresser at home, they're more personal, right? They're, they're real, right? It's in their words uh, um, to me, right? Their words, their, their language, expressing what they actually feel, as they wrote it. It's not fancy. It, it's not made by some corporation who gets paid to sound fancy. Right? There's even a, a misspelled word or two. Right? But these notes that I have from my wife and from my friends and from mentors and coaches and from some of you guys, right? they, they mean way more to me than any store-bought card ever could. And that's the secret of prayer. Right, to, to make it personal, right? Because the more personal you are when you talk to God, the more personal your relationship with him will become. Think of it this way, right? Right here, here's the whole point of the sermon. Right prayer is real prayer. Right prayer is real prayer. Think about that. Right? That, is, that is one of the most important things about praying, to be real when you do it. And when you do it, you are real. It is, it is when prayer stops being stressful, right? when, when you're real and honest with God, it's when prayer stops being stressful and starts being helpful. When, you, when you're real and honest with God, it's when prayer stops being boring and starts being meaningful. Right? When you're real and you're honest with God, it's when prayer stops being a requirement and starts forging a relationship. Right? When you're real and honest with God, it's when you, when you start feeling connected to God. The God of the universe. Right? Think, of it, think of it this way. Right, picture a couple of ladies out there somewhere in the world right, who have a skin problem. Right, the, the same exact skin problem, right? Whatever's going on. Right? They, they each call a mutual friend in another city who happens to be a dermatologist just to get some advice. And their friend, the dermatologist uh, friend, asks, describe to me the situation with your skin. Right? Remember, the ladies that are out there, they have the same exact skin problem. And the first lady says, well, you know, I've always had really beautiful skin. Like, really fair skin. And really, I just want to make it better. I, I, I wash my face well every night, and I, I like how it feels. I think it might be better now, but I just want to improve on any imperfections so that they may be gone. 
All right, the, the second lady, all right, she calls the same friend, who's the dermatologist, has the same skin condition, all right, the same exact thing, and she, she calls her friend, who then asks, right, what is the problem with your skin? Well, there, there's pimples that have developed on my forehead for some reason. There's also extra dry and flaky skin all over my cheeks. Then I, I have these ugly wrinkles developing around my mouth, and, and also my nose develops redness and is extra tender most of the time. Now, that's what she says, right? Now, of these two ladies, right, of these two people, which one is going to get real help from the expert? The second one, right, the one that was honest, right, who actually described what was going on, right, who wasn't embarrassed to talk uh, about this condition, about this worry, about this stressor in their life with a friend. Right? She was fully and specifically honest. She was real with her doctor friend. <laughs> and now she's going to get the help that she needs. Right? She has a path forward. She knows the steps to take. Right? She has some hope and some peace and some comfort. Right? The, the second lady was real. Right? She was authentic. She, she was laid bare right? before her friend. Right? Didn't hold anything back. Right? And that is what right prayer is, real prayer is, right? It is honest, it's authentic, it's being bare before God because he gets it. He gets it, right? That is the, the thing about Christian prayer, right? We get the chance to pray like David because we have a God who, who has come to this earth and given us the chance to be real and to be honest with him. And that's why we called this series, In Jesus' Name. Right? In Jesus' Name. You see, it's because of Jesus that our honesty is not just heard, it's understood. Right? It is felt. It has been experienced. Right? When we pray in Jesus' Name, right, we can come before the God of the universe like David did with all our good things uh, and with all of our, our king-sized royal mistakes and still have the audacity to be honest. That's right prayer. That's real prayer. Because we pray in Jesus' name. Right? We often tack that phrase, in Jesus' name, onto the end of our prayers out of habit. Right? Maybe because of our, our Christian conditioning, or maybe because it signals that uh, we have finished our prayer and it's someone else's turn to start praying, right? the next person can take over in a, in a prayer group or something. But whatever the reason is, praying in the name of Jesus is no formality. Right? In a sense, it's name dropping. Right? Good name dropping. It's, it's what is happening when we pray in Jesus' name. Right? Name dropping is not... Uh, the, the so subtle art, right, of, of implying a personal connection to someone who's famous so we can appear to be more uh, important and, and maybe a little bit more powerful than we really are. And that's what we're doing when we say in Jesus' name, but in a good way, right? When we pray in Jesus' name, we are taking part in a kind of sanctified name dropping. That's what we're doing. We are praying in Jesus' name because we know God's unwavering love for his son. And because of that, we can be assured that God hears us. 
Right? We have access to the Father through the Son and what He has done for us. Right? That's why we celebrate communion each Sunday. Right? Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has not only afforded us the opportunity to go to God in His name, it has allowed us to be honest in prayer and given us an opportunity to be heard in prayer and to be answered in prayer. Right? When we pray in Jesus' name, we do not invoke some kind of magical spell that makes our prayers more effective. We pray in Jesus' name because he is our, our brother, our fellow human, our fellow sufferer. He's, he's been in this world, but then he also was divine and went to the cross as our substitute, as our sacrifice. Right, we, we pray in Jesus' name because he is the name above all names. And it is in that name that heaven opens up and bends its ears to the likes of us. So here's the question I leave with you. If praying in Jesus' name gets us access to the God of the universe, what do you want to say to him? Think about that, right? Would you want to lie to him by hiding your true self? Right? Would you want to bring him a, a hallmark card of fake sayings that mean nothing? Right? Or, or would you want to come before him as yourself, as his child? Right? What would you say to the God of the universe if you came before him with his son, hand in hand with you? Right? I can imagine God looking at you today and saying, if you only knew how much I want to be close to you, the real you. I can imagine him saying that. I can imagine him saying, you can come to me in the name of my son because I love you like crazy, just like I love him. I want you to be honest about what's going on inside of you, right? Because I've been there, I understand, I feel your pain, right? God is saying that. I can, I can hear him saying that to us. He's saying, I'm not scared of what is going on in your life, your worries, your concerns. I want to help. Just let me in. Even though it may not be easy, even though we may not understand, just let me in. That's what God is saying. As Caleb and Christina work their way back up here, look at this question. If there's a chance, right, if there's a chance that God who created the universe, wants to have a conversation with you, isn't it worth giving it a shot? Now think about that. Right? If there's a chance that God, who created the universe, wants to have a conversation with you, isn't it worth giving it a shot? Right? Even if you're not sure what to think about God or what he thinks about you, what's the harm of, of having one or two just honest, conversation right if, if you had the ear of the the president or or one of our senators or even the the queen of england or something one of the most powerful people on the planet wouldn't you take the chance right if you had their ear listen apart from jesus we have no claim on the ear of god in prayer but because we pray in jesus's name we have access so secure that we can come with boldness and confidence and honesty with the assurance that we will be heard. 
listen, in Jesus' name, as Paul says in Ephesians 3, we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him and what he's done. So here's the thing, right? Stop trying to be someone you're not. Right? Stop using words that you do not understand. Stop talking to God like he's a million light years away and start getting real because right prayer is real prayer in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Foundry Church Podcast. We'd love to stay in touch. Visit us online at thefoundrychurch.com or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at the Foundry Burke.